Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. It's the Ray Appleton Podcast from KMJ and KMJNow.com. My, 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 my. What is truly going on in Lord's name? These things that we're blasting out of the sky, now the Canadians are involved? Now, I don't think it is what we're all thinking, and that is some sort of first contact from a civilization that likes balloons and rectangular things that are not really bigger than a car that fly around essentially with wind power or whatever, you know? It's just weird that this is all happening at the same time, and there really aren't any fingerprints on anything except for the first one that we're told, you know, in the way of government labels, Chinese, we are told. English writing on it, though, American technology used on the first one, we are told. But if indeed this were first contact, that would mean one of my absolute wishes have come true, that I'm still in radio when that happened. Because, <laughs> that, yeah, that would be it for me. I've seen it all in the many, many years I've been in radio. You know, from landing on the moon in 69, I was on the radio for that. You know, and <laughs> now this, if indeed it is, but it's not, you know. It's, yeah. Um, the game yesterday, <laughs> I go from UFOs to the football game. I thought it was outstanding. I'm not that big of an NFL guy anymore. But I was hooked like from the first moment there. That that touchdown pass early on, the first one by the Ingles, the Hail Mary pass, and that receiver that did some amazing pass correction like I've never seen in my life, that was beyond superhuman. And it set the whole tone for the game, and I, I was hooked. I was into it big time. First game, you know, Super Bowl game I've been into in decades. Great game. Horrible halftime show, Rihanna. Not a fan. Donald Trump really backs the hell out of that halftime show for what it's worth. And, you know, <laughs> and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's got to get in the act somewhere. She liked the halftime show, but she says the commercials, the great Super Bowl commercials, which are always so creative, she said they were all fascist. Where's she getting that? I mean, God. The um, halftime show was not the worst in history, though, as some people are saying. I don't know why they're saying that. Um, I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, here's this 34-year-old music icon who was the sole performer during the halftime show, performed a medley of her hits, very pregnant at the time while she was floating around on a platform in the air, walking around on one of those things like those things that we've been shooting down, I suppose. But, you know, halftime shows at the Super Bowl are always open to all kinds of criticism. You're never going to be able to please everybody, just as President Biden has. Oh! He has united the country. He's finally done it. One issue where Democrats and Republicans and independents agree is that the inflationary policies are crushing them financially, and it's just complete agreement, 77% in the latest poll, which was from a good source, taken February the 1st through the 3rd. 77% overall, Democrats, Republicans, independents, say that inflation is causing a major financial hardship. Holy Moses, he's done it. People are in agreement. Hey, they've come together. Yes. Last week, I talked about misinformation, disinformation from a lot of people on the left and the way that they're trying to shut down the mouths of those of us on the right. Do you remember that? One of the greatest offenders is Bill Gates. 
And I have a piece today to illustrate what he's done recently to shut our mouths down. At the same time, he's offering help. He says he can solve all of this this digital misinformation by using AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah, I bet you can't wait to hear this story. Yeah, I can't wait to give it to you. Um, trying to help us at the same time, talking out of one side of his mouth and then the other. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. You know? Nope. And again, we have another one coming from a very popular president. The Biden administration is soon going to be allowing Medicaid funds to pay for groceries. That's a different one. And scary, scary, scary in the European Union. Listen to this. Uh, They've confirmed as a whole that they're handing over $3.5 million to George Soros and his Open Society Foundation. Uh, Vera Jarova, who is the vice president of the European Commission, has confirmed the 3.5 mil going to an Open Society Foundation, you know, in the Soros corner, to aid in the campaign to do what? I mean, it's about advertising. It's about marketing. Marketing what? George Soros is what we all know him to be, you know, a left-leaning communist that wants to shut down anything that's slightly conservative. And this relationship with the EU, even as a Hungarian, is bothersome, very bothersome. Getting back to the UFOs for a minute, the flying objects that we can't get a handle on. Um, Number one, we've got some information that the first Chinese spy balloon, as it was called, something that was being flown by the Chinese in preparation for military conflict in Taiwan. That's coming from a high-ranking American general. But if that's true, why would they be flying it over the U.S. if it's in preparation for an invasion of Taiwan? Uh. Next, the U.S. had to temporarily close all airspace over northern Michigan for a bit yesterday, uh, over the weekend, for national defense, and then reopen a short time later. Uh, Yeah, Um, what, what else did they see that they didn't like? And now the Chinese are accusing us of flying balloons over their country, which I don't think is true. Uh, John Kirby says, ain't never done that. You know, astronomers have made a very wild statement on their own about the first balloon. It's a bit wacko. Uh, what was believed to be the Chinese weather satellite or whatever we agree that it might be was using green lasers to blast Hawaii for whatever reason with green lasers. I mean, I got the whole story and I'll give it to you and then you can decide, you know, what it was. Um, you know, we got another one that we shot down over Lake Huron, you know about that. It's weird. It's just very, very weird. And I don't know what's going on. See, because I do what I do for a living. A lot of people think I know everything. I don't. <laughs> Believe me, I don't. I'm as in the dark as you, but we're getting odd comments about high-ranking members of the American military about all of these objects. Um, there was a, uh, some very provocative remarks I will share from an Air Force general about these UFOs being shot down by the U.S. military. Um, and then I'll just leave it hanging at that, and I'll get to the whole point shortly. The, the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, that sound like a band name? She wants millions and millions of dollars for, question mark, fill in the blank, what does she want? something that she was totally opposed to and trying to get rid of less than a year ago. This is the flip-flop of the century. London Breed wants millions and millions of dollars for police. Police. 
and she wants to remake and remodel downtown. Remember, she wanted to give it to the homeless at one time. Now she wants to throw them all out and remake and remodel it. She wants it to be the tech hub of the country, things that she opposed, you know, a year ago. Very unusual. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. I mean, at least she seems to be on the right page now if she can stay there. London breed wanting millions for cops. Pigs are flying. There's an individual in this town I just adore, Dan Pisano. You know the name. Dan is now 80 years old. I could not believe that. In a conversation we were having Thursday or Friday of last week, that makes me feel absolutely ancient. Dan was, in part, one of the creators, one of the organizers of the Good Company Players down in the Tower District. They, uh, yeah, they're soon going to be celebrating their 50th anniversary at the Warner's Theater with a concert. And helping them celebrate is the absolute pride of anybody who's been through all of the training with the Good Company Players, the craft of acting and singing and, you know, musical stuff and plays and Broadway and that is the all-time goddess of Broadway, Audra McDonald, who's from this area. And she's a graduate of whatever it is good company players do to make these people just perfect little thespians and performers. The last time she was at the Warner's Theater was, what, maybe 25 years ago? For the 25th, I was the host. And I said something so stupid that I still think about to this day. And I, I've never mentioned this before publicly, but I'm mentioning it now, and I'm going to apologize like a quarter century later i was introducing audra on stage and the individual introducing the both of us but me to introduce her explained that she was certainly the number one most famous person to come out of fresno would anybody disagree with that there's just no freaking way she is hands down so what did numbnuts here come out and say well if she's number one i'm number two which is obviously bs and it's bothered me to this day that that was just not the place for such an arrogant comment. I swear to God, it's bothered me for years and years and years and years and years, and I've always wanted to publicly apologize for this, and I'm doing it right now. I was being an arrogant dumbass, and, you know, I, I don't know why I said that, but here it is 15, 20, 25 years later. Again, maybe this was the 25th anniversary. Dan might recall. I do indeed apologize for saying such a dumb thing. Anyway, Dan Pisano is going to be joining us at noon today via the phone. And we will enlighten you on what's happening in June at the Warner's Theater with this great concert with Audra McDonald. And I'm going to be there. I want to be there. I will be there with tape over my mouth. Uh, let me just tell you about a quick flip-flop in programming this week, and then we'll get with the going. Seems like this has been happening a lot. Steve Hilton and Ray Appleton, a couple of Englishmen, one born there, one born here. Normally invade the radio airwaves between 1 and 2 on Tuesdays. This week, Steve will be joining us, me and you, at 1 o'clock on Wednesday. All right? Not to confuse you, because it's all been very confusing as of late. But that's the word I heard from him yesterday, and we're good with that, no problem. Dan Pisano at noon, you and me all over the place today, in and out until 2, 490-5858-800. 776-5858. What are they? Are they Martians? Are they... Oh, what the hell they are. But we'll sort it out. This is KMJ.
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school yeah, just I hurt see. me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Ray Appleton Podcast. It's free. KMJnow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a signpost in the road ahead. <laughs> Remember any of that? Welcome to KMJ, the Appleton program. Balloons and UFOs. Here's what's happened, and here's maybe what we need to know. I mean, it's all getting a little cosmic, you know, and there was a big press conference this morning with the, the press secretary denying that it has anything to do with, you know, contact from another world. And I, I doubt it, too, but these new sightings of, you know, genuine UFO, take it for what it means, unidentified flying object, they appear to be popping up all over the United States for the past couple of days. You know, in the week since the U.S. military shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon, this was off the coast of, 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 of uh, South Carolina, officials say at least three other strange flying objects have been blasted out of the sky, and there have been multiple additional incidents leading to temporary restrictions in pockets of the sky around the Midwest. What is going on in the most recent development? And I'm sure John and Christina talked about this. You've got a U.S., um, I think it was an F-16, that shot down an UFO over Lake Huron yesterday. The Defense Department said that in a statement that President Joe Biden ordered the strike on the recommendation of the military leadership after detecting an airborne object flying at approximately 20,000 feet in altitude. That's the lowest altitude we've seen out of any of these, I do believe. This was over the lake, and the location was chosen for its low impact on people, and it was, you know, a great place to grab recovery of the debris and all that. So as it went, you know, we had these these headlines just in an F-16 fighter downed an airborne flying object over Lake Huron today. U.S. had concerns about the path and the altitude of the object potentially flying in view of sensitive military sites. Here we go again. The U.S. has now shot down four spy aircraft since the beginning of February. So the DOD statement said the object was detected Sunday morning. The altitude, because this one was lower, raised a lot of concern including that it could be a big hazard to civilian aviation. I got that. You know, and the object flew in proximity to the sensitive DOD sites, which, you know, they've discussed with us a number of times. It had potential surveillance capabilities, but likely no kinetic military threat, they say, they being a DOD. And the recovery of the operation is now expected to take place Officials are saying that there's no indication that anybody was hurt. Okay. So what is it? General Glenn Van Herk, commander of the U.S. Northern uh, Command and the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, of course, was asked yesterday whether the objects being shot out of the sky could be aliens or extraterrestrials, and this was during a briefing. And the general said... He would leave it to the intelligence community 
and the counterintelligence community to make that determination. I haven't ruled anything out at this point, said Von Herck. Now, when asked directly by reporters if the objects in the sky are aliens or extraterrestrials, General Von Herck, commander of the Air Force Northern Command, said, I haven't ruled anything out at this point. I wanted to say that twice just because I wanted to demonstrate this man's mind is open. He thinks maybe something is going on, but obviously is not going to put a finger on it. The general also said he would not categorize the objects that have been shot down since Friday as balloons. Hmm. But anyway, we're calling them objects for a reason. Van Herk said, adding that he was not able to categorize how these vessels stay afloat. And the Pentagon officials are also following up with announcements that the most recent objects that have been shot down are still up in the air in terms of, you know, how to categorize them. One individual said, I'm not going to categorize them as balloons. We're calling them objects for a reason. These are objects. We don't know what they are. Some are round, some are rectangular, and we're not able to tell you, even able, able to tell you how they stay aloft. Great. Chucky e. Schumer, earlier with Georgia Snippinipolis, discussed the situation with national security. This was on ABC. Uh, this was the uh, national security advisor, uh, real piece of work, Jake Sullivan. And this was the night before and shared the, the U.S. officials that believe that the UFO shot down after being observed over a remote part of Canada and uh, uh, Alaska were indeed sort of harmless balloons. But now there's backpedaling for that, from that. These objects were much smaller than the balloon shot down over the Atlantic last weekend, Schumer said. They were flying at a lower altitude of about 40,000 feet, endangering commercial aircraft. Huh. I think the Chinese were humiliated. I think the Chinese were caught lying, and it's a big step back for them. They really look bad, so says Schumer. But where's he getting his information? So with the salvage underway, Schumer says, and I would say, you know, um, obviously, U.S. and military and intelligence officials are really focused on gathering every bit of information that we can get. We, we've got to be going through a comprehensive analysis with all aspects of the military. The Pentagon spokesperson, uh, General Patrick Ryder, said Friday the UFO shot down over Alaska was about the size of a small car and not similar in size or shape to the suspected Chinese surveillance balloon. And the Pentagon said recovery teams were, you know, deployed to the, you know, area to collect debris on top of the, you know, the U.S. Uh, how would I describe this? So, I mean, the, well, I was going to say I was going to categorize them as being basically the same in terms of a, uh, 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 how high they were flying, but I can't do that because they were all over the place. So it's like 20,000 to 68,000 feet. Is that about right? And then we've got Trudeau. I can't forget him. He announced yesterday that that U.S. Air Force fighter shooting down the UFO flying over the Yukon. He said Canadian forces would recover and analyze the wreckage shot down over the Yukon. And it appeared to be a small cylindrical object. So they're big and round, small and cylindrical, and rectangular. And what in the hell are they? You know, little more information has formally been released through official government channels. 
and unlike the suspected Chinese spy balloon. This I don't know. <laughs> this is just so weird. I'm blown away by the whole thing. I really am. I'm not, you know, pausing and, and you know, staring at the sky for theatrical reasons. I don't have an answer. You know, the suspected Chinese spy balloon appears to have been much larger than the UFOs that followed and was flying at a higher altitude. And apparently that, that didn't endanger commercial aircraft because it was so high, but the others have been a little lower. And it's like maybe that was intentional because of this first one being so high and not able to do the job that um, it was supposed to do, whatever that job may be. So you tell me. Do you folks have any thoughts at all? I mean, real, honest-to-goodness maybes. The Chinese claim the, the vessel was a civilian weather balloon. You've heard this. And it had been blown off course. And they condemned the United States for its decision to shoot it down. What else are we supposed to do? And if this was just something that was blown off course, <clears throat> what about the rest? I mean, come on, that's like an amazing dink, is it not? So NORAD, you know, there have been all of these other potential sightings in the past 24 hours. And the Chinese have been very mum about those. You know, NORAD detected what it called a, a, a radar anomaly leading to a temporary flight restriction over a central part of Montana on Saturday night. But fighter aircraft sent to investigate didn't identify any object to, to correlate at all. So the radar hits and restrictions were lifted. We don't know what that one was, even if there was one there. So here we go. You've got, you've got comments like, I am in constant communication with NORCOM. And they have just advised me that they have confidence that there is an object, but it's not an anomaly and it cannot be identified. Oh, that's very helpful. That's Representative Matt Rosendahl, Republican from Montana. I'm waiting now to receive visual confirmation, and our nation's security is a priority. All right. Also on Sunday, the Federal Aviation Administration temporarily closed a section of airspace, mostly over Lake Michigan in support of a you know, big national defense situation. What did they see that bothered them so much to close that much of airspace down? Mum's the word. We don't know. And that shutting down of you know, airspace in that area was very temporary. So we've had four of them. They've been all different sizes. They've been at different altitudes. And we're stumped. We're absolutely stumped. Now, have there been sightings in other parts of the world? Yes. Authorities in China, China, say they witnessed UFOs off the coast of a port city, according to a state-run newspaper. So they're even claiming that they're seeing these things. There's also reports South America and Uruguay that their Air Force was scrambled to investigate flashing lights in the sky. Huh? Weird. You know, during the interview on ABC this week, Schumer claimed the United States only discovered such flying objects dating back to the Trump administration within the past few months. And, you know, indeed, these new reports have divulged intelligence about sightings of, you know, high-altitude balloons believed to be from China, but it's, it's still, 
you know, gobbledygook and all the same. Schumer said, it's wild, it's wild, we don't know. He later added, now that we're learning a lot more, but they're not saying anything, and the military and the intelligence that we've used have focused like a laser on the first gathering, accumulating the information, now we're coming up with comprehensive analysis. And then he walked away from the group of reporters he was talking to after saying that, which meant nothing at all. So I think they're on to it big time with the way that they're acting. You know, I'm talking about high-ranking authorities in this country. I think they know exactly what they're dealing with. But they're not telling us. Phone calls from you. Albert, welcome. You're on KMJ. Hey, Ray. You know what? Uh, through this whole course, no one's really brought up. I haven't heard anyone talk about uh the origins of it, when in World War II, the Japanese were doing this uh, when they were sending the balloons over. It was cylindery to cause fires and everything. Yeah. They, they, they realized the currents and how to work them. And so it just shows you how old technology, and they're going back to it. And the Chinese, hey, this is a very inexpensive way of doing it. But uh, uh, like I said, it's just a blunder on Biden. And uh, now they're going to have to create a stealth balloon watch. You're going to see a budget for this coming out soon just to try to I'm sure. this. I mean, you're right. It's old technology. And the, the only thing that, and then we have to go to news, the only thing that I wonder is why our so-called Space Force is not involved. You know, we do have a Space Force, right? You know, and the Air Force is doing a lot. The Army's doing a lot. Where's the Space Force in answering these questions and tracking these little buggers down? Strange stuff. The Ray Appleton Podcast, right now. KMJnow.com. Hey, the question has been asked a thousand times, why am I not at the World Ag Expo? Uh, I realize that hearing from you, a lot of you were looking forward to it. After me not being able to go for a couple of years because of the pandemic, there wasn't even a, a worldwide, I mean, you know, there wasn't a, a, a World Ag Expo for that reason. Uh, and it was just decided by me and the staff and management here that it, you know, with all this paranoia about diseases and everybody getting sick with this, that, and the other thing, although I think I'm pretty much bulletproof, it would just be best this year to keep me back here on the farm and let the other people go out and, I guess, expose themselves to whatever. So I, I miss it. Um, I, I loved my limo rides down there from a touch of class limousine and, and, and Dina. I, I could, that was, I mean, a great period of rest. I could get some of the most restful sleep in the back of that limo popping down to the ag show. Or I would be do working on my notes and my monologue, and uh, it was just great. And then the food was always fun, and you, the people, were always fun. Great meeting people from all over the world. And, you know, but it just worked out that my health got in the way, and so here I am. Christopher Gabriel will be joining us beginning tomorrow from the ag show. He's, he's down there, and, uh, you know, he will do the deed while I'm up here. Getting back to these UFOs. Now, what some of our generals are saying, what some of the astronomers in this country are saying, I made a, a kind of an odd comment uh, in the monologue about Hawaii being blasted by green laser beams. And this is coming from astronomers who do believe these green laser beams spotted over the Hawaiian Islands last month came from a Chinese satellite. Some are going as far to say it was this one that we shot down uh, off the, the Carolina coast after it traversed all the United States. 
And I don't know if they're talking about that one specifically or not, to be honest with you. But the National Astronomical Observatory of Japan said in January, this was a January the 30th tweet, that the space agency's Subaru Asahi Star camera on uh, Mauna Kea, on the big island of Hawaii, captured green laser beams in the cloudy sky over a particular area. And what was it? I mean, although the agency initially believed the lights came from a NASA remote sensing altimeter, and this was a type of satellite known as an ISTAT, um, that has all been withdrawn for whatever reason. And officials have corrected the statement on February the 6th, stating that NASA scientists did a simulation of the trajectory of the satellite and that a similar instrument was found doing similar things, um, but again, you know, found where? Found up there, obviously, shooting green laser beams down to Hawaii. But still no conclusion. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a nothing burger of a story, but yet it's very provocative, isn't it? You know? Uh, but yet, they're, they're these these same military people and astronomers who are saying, yeah, they're shooting grain laser, uh, uh, lasers at Hawaii, they're saying it poses no risk to the islands. Well, how do they know that if they don't know what it is? I mean, isn't this all a, a bit weird-ish? And again, I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm just telling you what, you know, what we are given in the way of stories. Now, um, getting back to the China claim that we're flying balloons over them, White House official John Kirby says, no, 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 that's absolutely not true. And what are these things that we are shooting down, and what do we know of them? Going back to that point again, we don't know nothing. And, yeah, um, I told you about closing the airspace over northern Michigan. The one comment that I don't understand, and then I'm going to move on, because this thing is just getting goofier and goofier. During an appearance on this week's broadcast of Sunday Morning Futures, Representative Michael McCall, who's a Republican from Texas, chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, said that the alleged Chinese spycraft that was violating U.S. airspace was a part of China's preparation for a potential military conflict over Taiwan. Okay, why? What, what good would that serve us or them to have this UFO, if it was theirs, flying over our airspace, if it's intended to basically announce uh, a conflict with Taiwan? I, I don't get it. And I don't understand why this, this um, member of the House of Representatives would say such a thing. This guy says, McCall says, and this was to uh, Maria Bartolomo, Barlowa on uh, Fox Business. You know, my job is to analyze and report and uh, message, so says McCall. I think the motivation and the intent is clear here. They want to get imagery. They want to get intelligence uh, on our military capability, particularly nuclear. And they're very curious about our nuclear stockpile. Why do they want this? Well, I tell you, they're preparing for something. They're preparing for 
the elections in Taiwan next January. They're preparing for a military conflict, and they're trying to collect information about our military capabilities in the USA in preparation for that conflict. All right. Now, that maybe makes a little bit of sense because we've always said if they do anything to Taiwan, we're going to dance on them real hard. And so they're probably looking at what we have to dance with and how hard we can dance. And maybe this truly is spying of our military capability uh, just ahead of what might be a military incursion into Taiwan. Now, for some reason, that makes sense to my little old lame brain. And with that, we'll go to another breather here at KMJ. Um, I hope this is making some sense, but we don't, you know, we, we don't know anything concrete. The only thing we can do is speculate, and I'll talk about that speculation. If you want to join in, I'd love to hear from you. 490-5858-800-776-5858. I will be right back. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Right now, the Valley's legendary Ray Appleton. The Ray Appleton Podcast, KMJNow.com. Don't forget, we have tickets to give away for the big fight all week. March the 25th to Save Mart Center. We have the former champ, Comey, going after the former champ, Rodriguez. No, Ramirez. St. Rodriguez. Jose, you know, our own. And that's going to be a remarkable event. Always sells out, even though it's, you know, live coverage on ESPN. You can sit home and watch it. But, I mean, being there, it's just like a party atmosphere. And I say that, and people are like, oh, I'm going to be. It's boxing. Trust me. If you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the Jose fans are <laughs> giant in number and loud uh, in their response. And I can't wait. I, I've never missed a, a local fight with Jose, and it's just it's a fabulous thing to attend. So we'll do that before 2 today. We'll give away a pair of tickets, and ta-da. Now, as weird as the, the UFOs and whatever is going on with that, shortly before the Super Bowl came to a close, we've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She likened the high-priced... Uh, Let's talk about the Christian TV advertisements aired during the game to fascism. <laughs> Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. What is she talking about? Now, the representative Jim Jordan, he hits back at her big time over the House, you know, oversight, you know, weaponizing uh, uh, accusations. You know, um, he gets us a Christian group spends tens of millions of dollars on an ad campaign during the Super Bowl to promote Christianity and Jesus to a national audience. Funding for the ad campaign derived partly from anonymous donors, Christian groups, and other owners of Hobby Lobby. Oh, come on. And in a bid to reach out to communities that have traditionally been disenfranchised by Christians, such as the LGBT community. One of the ads homed in on the politically dicey subject of immigration. 
suggesting that cheeses would show compassion for immigrants and those straddled by poverty. It showcased black and white imagery of people leaving their homes to avoid persecution before later revealing that it was depicting the story of Jesus. And she gets fascism out of that. She identifies herself as a Catholic, if you're curious. And um, she has on occasion, as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, has she not channeled her faith into some of her political skirmishes? I believe she has. Back in 2020, she suggested that conservatives would largely reject Jesus if he were alive today. Do you remember that comment? I remember that. You know, the progressive firebrand also took aim at the billionaire guru Elon Musk. (laughs) They're just not getting along, those two, who was spotted, you know, next to News Corp's Rupert Murdoch during the Super Bowl. So what? Birds of a feather flock together, she quipped on Twitter. Does she even like the Super Bowl? Does she even care? You know, but the commercials, you know, the Christian ones were about fascism. I, I loved some of the commercials this year. I thought they were expressly good. Um, some of those with Shaq, I think, were great. I mean, I, I could list them all, but if you have a favorite one, I would love to discuss with you. Um, it seems like it's like every other year we get a bunch of good ones. Last year, I didn't think, mm-hmm. year before, I can recall, yeah, yesterday, good. Now, I'm, that's probably just in my head, to be honest with you. But it, it seems like there was some really, really good commercials yesterday. And if you could recall one or two, they're always fun to talk about. I mean, this is when, you know, these commercial advertising agencies in New York and Texas and here in California, they go absolutely beyond the beyond to come up with a commercial that, you know, even if it costs $7 million, if they feel it's a hit, then they're going to keep it in there. I remember one time way back, and I did, I was asked, and this was for a local avail, as they call it, and it was on Channel 24, as I recall, so it was an NBC game. I was asked to uh, come up with something for a client uh, in the way of a Super Bowl commercial that ran locally, only on you know the local channel. And I can't remember exactly what I paid uh, for the client in terms of how much the ad cost. I think it was close to about $15,000 for a one-shot. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, it was it was a lot more than the production of the spot. But, I mean, I just, it, it still, that's, I bring that up to point out how much these things go for, even on a little old local level, if you're buying into it, you know, a local avail in a game that's usually dotted up with everything national. But yesterday, some good ones. If you want to comment on them, that would be fun. 490-5858. We can do that a little bit now. Got to do it quickly, though. Actually, we'll wait for a while to do it because I forgot we got Dan Pisano coming up next from the Good Company Players. And But right now, I was just mentioning boxing. Let's do it. This fight on March the 25th. Let's get it out of the way now. You want to go? I got a pair of great seats. I will see you there. Why don't you be caller number? We're going to make this quick. Caller number three. 490-5858, only number you can call, 490-5858, a pair of tickets, Jose, Richard, Comey, and I almost said Rodriguez again, Ramirez. Why do I keep doing that, Michael? 
You're the producer. Straighten me out. Caller three right now. KMJ, do it to it. I'll be right back. It's the Ray Appleton Podcast from KMJ and KMJnow.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. It yeah, just hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created this show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.